It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, June 13th. Got an entire week of shows ahead. No bats, baseball interruptions. Hopefully no other interruptions because they would be unforeseen at this moment. But uh, looking forward to a great week. Had a great weekend. Went to Lexington twice to watch my St. X Tigers win another state championship. I think that was six or seven this season. Ninth state baseball championship, fourth since 2014. Congratulations to head coach Andy Porta and uh, the Tigers. They beat McCracken County in a nail-biter 5-4 to four on Friday night semifinal and then came back at uh, Kentucky Proud Park, home of the Wildcats, and beat Russell County 11-1 to one on Saturday. So congrats to uh, all the seniors, Ben Tedesco, Jake Bennett, all of those guys uh, for um, a, a great year and a great uh, – State championship. I had to get that out. You know, say next guy, I got to, you know, tell you where I'm from. Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's, it's the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started. Like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. College World Series almost set. Louisville, boy, they played two pretty good games. But, again, timely hitting is what it's all about in baseball. And they did not get any timely hits over the weekend. Texas A&M with a walk-off 5-4 single in the uh, Friday night game and then Saturday afternoon 4-3. And, again, Pretty good pitching, which I was surprised by. I thought both of these games would be more more, uh, more scoring, higher scoring, I should say. But A&M advances. They are one of three SEC teams to advance to Omaha, Arkansas, and Ole Miss being the other two. Oklahoma is in. Texas is in. Notre Dame is in. They knock off number one ranked Tennessee. Tennessee was cocky. Tennessee was brazen. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, you love Notre Dame. I'm talking to you, Middletown Mo, former Notre Dame baseball player. Irish third trip to the uh, College World Series, by the way. But if you don't like Notre Dame, you pull against Notre Dame in everything, right? If you're not a Notre Dame fan, then you don't like Notre Dame. Notre Dame's like the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys. You either love them or you hate them. Well, this week, it seemed like a lot of people love Notre Dame. Why? Because Tennessee was uh, hard to root for. How about that? 56-7 and seven in the regular season. Number one overall seed. They seemed to be the team to beat. They were the team to beat. There's no seem to be about it. They were the team to beat. And there are seven schools going to Omaha that should thank Notre Dame because they got rid of Tennessee. I mean, I remember the Georgia Tech game in the uh, uh, regional in Knoxville where the Tennessee guy hits the home run and he double birds the outfielders as he's rounding first, going to second base. What are you doing? 
What are you doing? They're bat flippers. They're, uh, you know, they point fingers. There was a, a lot of contention uh, in that first regional with Georgia Tech. And I understand it's a, you know, ACC rival. I get that. But Tennessee was easy to pull against. I understand Kentucky fan pulls against Tennessee all the time. I understand Vanderbilt does. Florida fan does. Georgia fan does. But everybody was sort of united this weekend in hoping Notre Dame could knock off Tennessee. They won 7-3 to yesterday. Tennessee won the middle game 12-2. to Tennessee has more talent. They were the better team. But the beauty of baseball is the better team, the best team, doesn't always win. And that's what happened in Knoxville this weekend. So we're close. You got six of the eight teams already set. Today, two games on ESPN2 starting at 4 o'clock. Connecticut, upstart Connecticut, unseated at number two, Stanford. That is a win and get in game for both teams. And also Auburn, the 14 seed at third seeded Oregon State. That'll follow. The first game, about 7.30-ish, at least they hope. These games seem to go on for four hours. So if Auburn and Oregon State in Corvallis start at 7.30, it'll probably start on one of the other ESPN affiliates. Uh, I'll be watching. College baseball, is it's like NHL hockey. I don't pay a whole lot of attention during the regular season. I'll keep track of Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville, Bellarmine, but I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to college baseball during the regular season. But in the postseason, it gets a lot of fun. It gets fun. Plain and simple. It becomes must-watch TV. Texas with the uh, upset at East Carolina. Oklahoma with the upset at Virginia Tech. Ole Miss with the upset at Southern Miss, believe it or not. And they shut out Southern Miss twice. That was two games to none. I think it was eight to nothing and five to nothing. Southern Miss in Hattiesburg at home against a rival in-state power five school. They might have been too jacked up because they could not score. And, of course, Arkansas wins at North Carolina. Again, baseball. Number two and number three in the, in the country are on the ropes tonight. And they were on the ropes after game one. UConn beat Stanford in game one in Palo Alto, California, 13-12. to Now, Stanford came back and thumped them yesterday. But this sort of feels like the Notre Dame-Tennessee series. The underdog scratches out a win in game one. The favorite dominates game two. And now, I say this uh, when there's a game seven in the, in the pros of any kind. Anybody can win a game seven. When you toss it up, when you kick it off, when you, you know, throw the first pitch, anybody can win. When you drop the puck, anybody can win a game seven. So you got basically two game sevens tonight in college baseball. Game five in the NBA is tonight. Uh, We'll talk about game five, but let's talk about game four first on Friday night. Golden State goes into Boston, TD Garden. And uh, beats the Boston Celtics 107-97. Celtics led that game 94-90. And I asked the question on Friday. I I took Golden State, if you remember, plus the points on Friday. But the question was, will experience 
matter? Will finals experience matter in game four? Because Golden State, you can't lose game four. Even though you're on the road, if you go down 3-1, it's almost a lost cause. It's not. There's no such thing as a must win unless it's an elimination game. I say that all the time. You know, people are telling you tonight this is a must win for Golden State again because if they have to go back to Boston, they're in trouble. No, it's not a must win. It's not a must win for either team. It's a we'd love to win, but it's not a must win. It felt like a must win in game four Friday night. It wasn't, but it felt like it. And experience stepped up over inexperience on this stage. Celtics are young. But they got guys with experience. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, they've got experience. Jason Tatum is now 26 years old. He's been in the league long enough to have experience. Jalen Brown, same thing. So there's experience there, but there's not finals experience. Warriors got a lot of it. Curry, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala even, you could say. They got a lot of experience in being in the finals. And Steph Curry was unbelievable. Maybe the best, if this was a game seven instead of a game four, on the road, this may have gone down as the best postseason single game performance by a player in the history of the finals, if it was a game seven. It wasn't a game seven. It was just a game four, but 43 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, a lot of points in the fourth quarter, a lot of shots with a hand in his face that he drilled. And the difference was he made his. Jalen Brown shot an air ball from three, and it felt like that was the momentum changer. Hit, shoots an air ball from three. Curry comes down, hits a three with a hand in his face, and, you, and I just sort of looked around and said, that's ballgame. It put – the uh, Warriors up four points, three or four points, and I thought, this is, this is over. Steph Curry has just changed this game in the fourth quarter. Andrew Wiggins was great. He's a former number one overall pick. Uh, 17 points, 16 rebounds. He was great. Klay Thompson added 18. Draymond Green had two points, but he had nine rebounds, eight assists. He was better Draymond. But he also got benched late in the game for Jordan Poole. He got benched when they were losing. Steve Kerr made a huge decision to say, you know what, Draymond, Jordan Poole is the guy I want in at this point. It was a bold decision, Cotton. And it worked out for him. Tatum had 23 and 11 for Boston. Brown had 21. Smart had 18. But experience mattered at the end of this game. Boston had a 94 to 90 lead with about four minutes to go, and got outscored 17-3 to to end this game because Golden State had been there before. They knew what to expect. They knew what needed to be done. And that vaunted Boston defense, which has carried them and has been great throughout the playoffs, fell asleep in that fourth quarter on Steph Curry. Here's a question I have. Marcus Smart's Defensive Player of the Year. How many times did he guard Curry in the last five minutes? Because it wasn't many. It wasn't a whole lot. Derek White was on him. Jason Tatum was on him. Jalen Brown was on him. Marcus Smart was guarding Klay Thompson most of the time. And Klay Thompson 
is a standstill shooter. He's not an off-the-dribble shooter. He is much easier to guard. Is he a great shooter? Yes. But he's much easier to guard. So why don't you put your non-defensive player of the year on Clay Thompson? Put your defensive player of the year on Steph Curry. It's simple. Try not to switch. Steph Curry saw guys on him and said, get out of the way. Whether it was Jason Tatum, Robert Williams III, Grant Williams ended up with him on one possession, Derek White, get out of the way. I'm going to take this guy, especially Robert Williams and his bad knee. I'm just going to make one move. He's going to stumble a little bit, and I'm going to hit an open three. And I understand the NBA today is about matchups, especially in this series, because the Celtics do the same thing. They go down to the offensive end, and Jason Tatum tries to get a screen and tries to get Steph Curry guarding him. That is an advantage to the Celtics. I'm going to shoot over him, or I'm going to take him to the basket. If Steph Curry is guarding Brown or Tatum, that's the matchup the Celtics want. But Golden State, with the ball, got the matchup they wanted. Steph Curry with a non a much less athletic defender on him, whether it was Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Derek White, Tatum, Brown. It wasn't smart. It wasn't smart, and that's no pun intended. It wasn't Marcus Smart, and it wasn't smart. And he lit the Celtics up. And he, you know, and I said this last week, the argument about Steph Curry's legacy is, and will continue to be until it happens probably three games from now, He's never won a finals MVP. Yes, they won finals, but he's never won a finals MVP. Uh, Kevin Durant was on those teams. Kevin Durant won two finals MVP teams. Iguodala won an MVP. He can't be one of the best players ever. Without, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. But guess what he did Friday? 43 points, 10 rebounds. He sealed MVP if the Warriors win this series. He sealed it. Now, he didn't have to. The talking heads like Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Redick that say he needed to win a finals MVP to be considered one of the best of all time, ridiculous. He changed the game. He changed the game with what he's done, how he plays, how how little kids play now. It's all because of Steph Curry. Everybody wants to shoot the three. Everybody that's six feet tall instead of six five says, I can do this too. Steph Curry changed the game. By the way, he's got four titles, or he's he's getting ready, I think, to have four titles, and he will be the MVP of the series if the Warriors can finish it off. So experience ended up mattering. That was the question I asked Friday, and I thought it would. I thought it would. If Curry was healthy enough and he had that um, apparatus on his leg, the skin-tight apparatus, because of that injury he suffered late in Game 3, You sort of knew he was going to play. He was going to give it a go, give it the old college try. But I had no idea he was going to play like he did. But I thought the experience of this team between Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Iguodala, if, if he got some minutes and he got a few, it makes a difference. Celtics hadn't been in that situation. Game five is tonight. In San Francisco, 9 o'clock ABC, the Warriors are four-point favorites over under 212. Ah, 
I'm going to have to make a pick. I've hit the last two. I had Boston in game three, and I had Golden State in game four. I gave those to you. I'll try to get it right again tonight for you. The easy way to think of this is Golden State's got momentum. They're a four-point favorite. They're at home. They know they need this game. They don't want to go back to Boston down 3-2. But four is a lot of points in this series. I think the favorites covered every time in this series. I'll look at that up during the break. Now, well, that's not true. The favorite hasn't covered every time. But the, the spread of the games has been more than four, I think, every game at the end of the day. We'll see. All right, Anthony Davis made some an interesting comment over the weekend. Baseball was great this weekend, as always. We'll talk golf with Rory versus Greg Norman and uh, Charles Schwartzel. U.S. Open golf starts on Thursday. Talk about that. A lot more to get to. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big Guy. Back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. I love the new in and out music, ZZ Top. Heard it on the X. You can hear the Mike Rutherford show today, 3 o'clock, 3 to 6, right here on the Big X as well. Bats baseball on the Big X. Bats lose yesterday uh, to Charlotte 6 to 1. Now they head out on the road, six day road trip starting tomorrow. Six game set in Durham. You can hear all the action right here on the Big X. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502-384-1450, 384-1450. You'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Man, it's hot out there. It's going to be a hot week. I'm hitting the pool tomorrow, but golfing on Thursday up at Old Capitol Golf Club. Um, had a great remote out there Friday, and a uh, buddy of mine, Slugger from Audubon Park, got us a tea time Thursday after the show, so heading up to Old Capitol. I think it's going to be 99 Thursday. Yikes. Well, it's been a fun show. The heat stroke might, uh, might uh, in, you know, knock me off the air Friday, but uh, planning a full, show, full week of shows. All right, let me tell you about my friends Danny Ratterman and the guys over at Shady Ray's. If you're tired of buying expensive sunglasses, only lose them, break them, scared to wear them, you don't want to get them dirty, uh, Shady Rays is the place to go. It's an independent American-owned company, started right here in Kentucky. Changing the way you wear sunglasses, Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Quality is not the only thing they bring to the table. The most insane warding in all of eyewear Every pair backed by lost and broken replacements. Say they melt in the heat on Thursday. Say your your sunglasses just melt because it's 108 in the shade. Or you lose them, right? You hit that perfect golf shot. You're celebrating. You you hit it in from 130 yards out, hole out, jumping up and down. You don't even realize your sunglasses come off the top of your hat. They're lost. Gone for good, right? Nope. Shady Rays will replace them for free. Um, by the way, 
They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. There you go. Love my Shady Rays. Got three pair. Wife has a pair as well. This is uh, Movie Thursday coming up. We're going to do golf movies this week. I'll be sending the text out to um, all my uh, you know group texts. We'll be going to coaches, media members, friends, former athletes, and uh, we'll do golf movies this week. It was close last week, but remember the Titans – Won football movies last week uh, over Brian Song, finished second. Rudy was the show horse in the football movie questionnaire. Golf movies this week. Uh, fewer to choose from, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close because I got two or three right there at the top that I think a lot of people are going to vote for. Um, you know, it depends what you like. Do you like comedy? Do you like raunchy comedy? Or do you like uh, true stories? Do you like sappy? Um, do you like, you know, certain actors? Actor friend of mine that I'm not going to name right now. Do you like him? So uh, we'll get to that on Thursday. Uh, before I leave basketball, and by the way, here's a stat I just looked up. The closest game in this series has been Friday night's game, 107-97. Final score-wise, every final score has been double-digit difference so far. The Celtics won game one by 12 uh, with that big fourth quarter. The Warriors won by 19, I believe it was, in game two. Celtics won game three fairly easily and uh, 107-97 on Friday. So every game been a 10-point spread. You just got to pick the winner. You don't, don't even have to worry about the spread. If you like Golden State tonight, they're a four-point favorite and you think they're going to win, you bet them because the spreads have, have not mattered. If you think the Celtics are going to win their ninth road game of the playoffs, which would be a playoff record, then you take the Celtics. Don't worry about the spread. Uh, now, saying that, having said that, Golden State will probably win by two tonight to uh, debunk that theory. The other stat I saw, it is hard to win most valuable player in a finals or a Super Bowl or a World Series or a, a Stanley Cup final if you're on the losing team. Hard to do it. Jerry West did it for the Lakers. Uh, one of those years that the Celtics were just pounding everybody and beating the Lakers. Jerry West won an MVP. If you watch Winning Time on HBO, they uh, dramatized Jerry West throwing his NBA Finals MVP trophy through a office window that he didn't even have. Jerry West didn't have a window in his office. But that's okay. It's drama. Chuck Howley won a MVP in a Super Bowl. He was a linebacker, but the Cowboys lost that Super Bowl, Super Bowl to the Baltimore Colts. I think it was 16 to 13 late field goal. But Chuck Howley, a linebacker on the on the Cowboys defense, somehow won MVP. So it does happen, but it doesn't happen very often. Here are the odds for Steph Curry to win MVP while Boston wins the series. 9 to 1. Plus 900. Steph Curry's MVP of this series right now. 
If this series ended in a tie and they had to give each team half the trophy, two games all, Steph Curry would win the MVP. It's, it's a landslide after his performance in game four. But what if he comes out tonight and scores another 40, puts another 40 spot up, and they lose? And then he puts 35 up on Thursday, and they lose again, and they lose the series four games to two. Or maybe they win tonight, lose in Boston, and then in game seven, Curry scores 50, but Golden State loses. Can he win the MVP on a losing team? That's the question. I think it should be higher than 9-1. to one. I think you should get at least 15-1 to one for that. It just doesn't happen very often. I don't know that it's ever happened in the NHL. I don't know that it's ever happened in Major League Baseball. The winning team almost always gets the MVP, right? Just the way it happens. But that's the number, plus 900. The other basketball story was Anthony Davis over the weekend said he hasn't taken a shot since April 5th, hasn't shot a basketball since April 5th. Okay, that's fine. You're on vacation. Your season was over. You you got hurt late in the year. Don't say that out loud. What are you doing? You're opening yourself up to unbelievable criticism early in the year in November, December, because what what happens when you go four for 18 in the uh, season opener? Oh, you're fully healthy. You went four for 18. Well, maybe if you practiced your shot a little more, that's what you're going to hear. That's what you're going to hear. I've got no problem with Anthony Davis taking a vacation, getting himself fully healthy, and then going to work on his game. i got no problem with that, but you can't say it out loud. You haven't shot a free throw. You haven't been at an outdoor court and took a free shot of free throw. You haven't gone to a gym and just put up some some jumpers or some uh, you know set shots, hook shots, free throws, anything. That's fine if you haven't done it, but you don't say it in public. You don't say it in public. Phil Mickelson just went to the Live Tour, and he shot a plus four. I think he finished sixty sixth in a Field of how many people? Not very many. 70 people, something like that. He finished finished almost dead last. Why? Because he hadn't played a whole lot of golf. But he didn't come out and say, yeah, ever since this uh, whole Saudi Arabian thing and I put my foot in my mouth and that was revealed, I've just been sitting around watching Ozark and, and eating Cheetos. He didn't say that out loud. He said his, his game wasn't ready to play in the PGA and it wasn't ready for the Masters. That's his his uh, party line. I don't think they were going to let him play in the PGA. But in any event, he used the standard, well, you know, I'm not just, my game's not ready to play, but I'm, I'm still working on it, blah, blah, blah. If he was sitting around eating Cheetos and watching Netflix, I'm fine with it. But you don't say it out loud. And he didn't. Anthony Davis said it out loud. Ah. <sighs> Oh, the Lakers. Aren't they great? The Lakers give me content every single day. All right, speaking of the Live Tour, the answer to the trivia question, who won the first ever Live Tour event, was Charles Schwartzel. He was uh, four under in the event just outside London over the weekend, three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
54 holes, shotgun start. You know how this works now. A lot of money. He made $4 million for winning this event. Does anybody care? Was anybody watching? It was on YouTube. You had to go to YouTube to find it. It's going to be on uh, DZN DAZN uh, in the future. ESPN won't touch it. There's no network that's going to touch it. The Golf Channel won't touch it right now, at least right now. NBC, CBS, nope, they're out. So YouTube right now, DAZN, which I don't even know what that is, uh, they're going to cover some live golf. The next event is in Portland. By the way, Portland's a city that likes uh, likes their protests, and I'm going to imagine there's going to be some protests. Here's the question for this weekend's U.S. Open. Bill's going to play. DJ's going to play. Uh, some of these foreign players, I think, are going to come over and play, whether it's Ustuzen or Sergio. How is the fan reaction going to be? Keep in mind, the U.S. Open is in Brookline this year, just outside of Boston. We've heard uh, the Celtic fans, Boston fan is not averse to voicing their opinions. Whether it's Red Sox fans, Celtics fans, Bruins fans, Boston College fans. It's like uh, it's it's almost like being in New York, right? It's almost like being at Bethpage Black. Brookline, by the way, is when I hear Brookline, I always think of that 99 Ryder Cup when Justin Leonard made the long putt. Curtis Strange guaranteed some sort – or Ben Crenshaw, excuse me, guaranteed some sort of comeback. Uh, it, and it came true, and Justin Leonard made that long putt, and the, the whole team went nuts. But I wonder what the reaction of the fans is going to be. Will there be boos when uh, Phil or DJ or – I don't know if Patrick Reed's playing. I'm assuming he is. DeChambeau might still be hurt. Don't know if he's going to play. Sergio. Are there going to be protests? Are there going to be signs that uh, somehow sneak onto the property? Booze. Will, will fans be warned? If you're vocal, you're out of here. Phil Mickelson was everybody's favorite golfer for years and years. You, back in the late 90s, 2000 decade, you choose you chose sides. You're a Tiger guy, you're a Phil, Phil guy. That was it. Phil was the underdog, Tiger was winning everything. Phil was a nice guy, Tiger wouldn't talk to the media, wouldn't talk to the fans. Everybody loved Phil. Is Phil still that guy? I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be. Because of the comments he made, and because he's playing on this live tour that's in direct contrast with the PGA. A PGA competitor, I don't think the PGA looks at him that way yet. They look at him right now as an exhibition, as a show. But they, you know, if you get a few more players over there, a few more marquee names, that's eh, a competition now. I watched the RBC Canadian Open yesterday and Saturday when I was home before I left for uh, Lexington. I didn't care to watch the live tour. I didn't care if Charles Schwartzel or Louis Oosthuizen or Taylor Gooch or Den uh, Dustin Johnson. I didn't care who won that event because I watched it on Thursday for about 15 minutes and it was like watching a pro-am, like watching an exhibition. 
Camera angles weren't good. The uh, It was a rainy course, nasty day. It just wasn't enjoyable. I just wonder what the reaction of the fans is going to be like. And by the way, Rory McIlroy wins the RBC Canadian Open. Congratulations to Rory. Earlier, um, when Rory announced that he was going to stay with the PGA Tour, Greg Norman, the face of the Live Tour, said that Rory and other, and other players as well, but mainly Rory, was brainwashed by the PGA and the, all the legacy and all of that stuff. Well, Rory took a shot back yesterday after he won. His 21st PGA Tour win, Rory said, this is a day I'll never forget. It's my 21st win in the PGA Tour, which is one more than somebody else. That would be Greg Norman. It was a great shot. It's a great shot. Guy says you're brainwashed. You go out and win and say, well, I got one more win than you do. Nice. Nice. Jay Monahan, the uh, commissioner of the PGA Tour, with a very interesting quote over the weekend. Nobody's ever had to apologize for playing on the PGA Tour. So shots fired here, both ways. This could be fun. Um, I don't know when the next Live Tour event is. I'll have to look it up because they don't play every week. But it's, it is in Portland, so that'll be interesting. I imagine you're going to have protests and, and uh, signs outside of, I think it's Pumpkin Ridge. Uh, in Portland, gorgeous golf course, but uh, I think you're going to have protesters when they show up on U.S. soil. All right, we'll take a break. Baseball, the Braves are hot. The Yankees are the Yankees. The Giants sweep the Dodgers. We'll get to all that after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline still open, 502-384-1450. You'd like to add your voice to the show, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Like it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. College baseball, talked about that already. 4 o'clock, UConn at number 2, Stanford. And right after that, 14 seed, Auburn at number 3, Oregon State. Both games on ESPN2 tonight. That will fill out the bracket uh, for college baseball's World Series in Omaha. Teams that have already made it, Texas A&M, who beat Louisville twice this weekend, 5-4 and 4-3. Cards, by the way, finished 42-21-1. They were 33 and 7 at home, but 8 11 and 1 is what they finished on the road. Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Ole Miss also advance, and Notre Dame, Fighting Irish unranked. They beat Georgia State at the Georgia State Regional, and then two out of three over the number one seeded Tennessee Vols over the weekend, including a 7 to 3 win yesterday. And as I mentioned, You either love Notre Dame or hate them, but everybody seemed to love them this weekend. Why? Because Tennessee was really full of themselves. 
big target on their back, and uh, Notre Dame took advantage. Tennessee had won a lot of games by a lot of runs, and that game yesterday it was they took the early lead. Notre Dame tied it. Notre Dame led four three at one point, and Tennessee tightened up. There's no doubt about it. Tennessee tightened up. Mo Donegal wins the uh, Belmont Stakes over the weekend. Did you know that? I don't think anybody paid any attention. That was the um, first time that no horse has run in all three events in the history of the Triple Crown. Right? No horse ran in all three events. I don't know if you got to spread them out a little further. Uh, of course, Rich Strike won the Derby, didn't finish in the money in the Belmont, but decided to skip the Preakness. And that was a that's a bad sign. Mo Donegal, Nest was second, and of course, Rich Strike, as I mentioned, finished out of the money. The favorite, Mo Donegal, gets uh, gets the win. He was five to two at post time. Um. U.S. Open this week at Brookline. Scotty Scheffler among those uh, favorites. Justin Thomas is the second choice, but the favorite, believe it or not, Rory McIlroy after his win in Canada yesterday opens as the favorite to win the U.S. Open. All right, baseball. I'm going to talk a lot more baseball in the coming weeks because, quite frankly, college baseball is going to be over. NBA will be over Sunday at the latest. Sunday will be the last. It will be Game 7 if there is a Game 7. It could end as early as Thursday in Game 6. But we're going to talk a lot of baseball. The Yankees are 44-16. and 16. That is unbelievable through 60 games. 44-16. and 16. They swept my Chicago Cubs this weekend. 2-1 uh, to one in 13 innings on Friday night. It was 1-1 after 9. Now, we're still putting a runner on second base in extra innings. And the reason we do that is to make the game more exciting in extra innings, shorten the game a little bit because somebody's going to score, right? Cubs and Yankees went the 10th, 11th, and 12th innings starting the innings with a runner on second base and couldn't, couldn't tally. Yankees finally get a run in the 13th, win it 2-1, to one, and then they hit six homers on Saturday. Aaron Judge leads the world in home runs. Beat the Cubs 8-0. And then yesterday, if it wasn't bad enough for Cub fans on Saturday, 18-4, the Yankees with a win. Frank Schwindel, the first baseman, ended up pitching the ninth inning for the Cubs. But the Yankees are the class of baseball right now. And it's not close. It's not close. Dodgers are really good. Really good. But... Seven to two, three to two, two to nothing. They lost to the Giants this weekend. Dodgers don't get swept very often, and they certainly don't enjoy it when it's their arch rivals. But the Giants are pretty good. They're actually in third place right now in the uh, National League West, believe it or not. The Padres, 13 games over 500, are only a half game behind the Dodgers. The Giants are 33 and 26 now. They're three and a half behind the lead in the division. National League East, Mets have 40 wins. They got their 40th win last night. They took two out of three over the Angels over the weekend in Anaheim. They won last night four to one. They're still five and a half games away ahead of the Braves, nine ahead of the Phillies. Braves are on fire. Now, the Braves have won 11 straight. 
but you got to take this into account. Braves won 11 straight. They were 23 and 27 a couple of weeks ago. Now they're 34 and 27. The teams they've beaten, the Oakland A's, terrible. The Pittsburgh Pirates, terrible. The Colorado Rockies, not terrible, but not great. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, 29 and 33, just ahead of the Rockies in the basement of the National League West. So, and, and I've had Braves fans tell me, and you know who you are, yeah, look, you know, we're hot, but look who we're beating. You got to beat those teams, right? That's that's part of it. That's part of getting it. Do you think the Yankees are apologizing for beating the Orioles and the, a bad Red Sox team and the Tigers and the A's? Do you think they're apologizing? No, you don't apologize. You still got to win the games. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You still got to win the games. And if you go 19 and 0 against. Uh, Pittsburgh, well, you don't play Pittsburgh 19 times, but if you go 19-0 against Washington, who's not good, or Miami, that's 38 wins. Great. I mean, you're playing your division opponents 19 times each. You're going to get some big-time easy wins there. You can't apologize no matter how many you win in a row. You can't apologize for your opponent. Atlanta, by the way, travels to – Starts a set in Washington tonight. Not good. Washington is 23 and 39. They're not good. All right. I know you want to talk about the Reds. Sorry, Ed, if you're listening, but the Reds, they did win yesterday. They beat St. Louis 7 to 6. Got some late runs in a 4 4 game and was able to hold off the Cardinals. The bullpen's a mess for Cincinnati. They did give up a two-run homer with two outs in the ninth to cut it to 7-6 last night or yesterday afternoon. They led 3-1 to one Saturday in the ninth, lost 5-4 to four, um, in the uh, eighth inning, I think. They led 3-1, to one, gave up four runs in the bottom of the eighth to the Cardinals and lost 5-4. to four. They got shut out 2 nothing on Friday, so the Reds lose two out of three in St. Louis. Mike Miner will go to the uh, mound for Cincinnati tonight. They go to the West Coast for a, a few uh, series as uh, Miner is 0-2 with an 864 ERA. They're in Arizona tonight. Merrill Kelly will pitch for the Diamondbacks. He is 5-3, 332 ERA. That is a 940 start on Bally Sports Ohio. Other sweeps the week uh, over the weekend, well, there was there weren't any. The Braves swept Pittsburgh, Yankees swept the Cubs, and San Francisco swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. Every other series was split in some way or another. The Phillies, by the way, had been the hottest team in baseball other than the Braves ever since they fired manager Joe Girardi. They did beat Arizona 7-5 and 4 nothing over the weekend, but they lost the series finale yesterday 13-1. That was Rob Thompson, the interim manager's first loss, after a week of wins. Um, so the Phillies, look, they were bad. They fired Girardi. They're 30 and 30 now. They're back to 500 baseball. Cardinals now lead the National League Central. Milwaukee has struggled. Now, they're only a half game back, but coming into the season, I thought, and a lot of people thought, Milwaukee's a lock, right? 
they're going to run through the National League Central. The Reds are terrible uh, rebuilding. The Cubs are rebuilding. They stink. The Pittsburgh Pirates are always terrible. And the Cardinals are not uh, – got a new manager in. They're not going to be nearly as good as they usually are. Cardinals are in first place. Milwaukee lost two of three over the weekend to the lowly Washington Nationals. I still think they'll get it together. The starting pitching, the end of the bullpen is too good. Uh, they got too many guys that can rake. I think Milwaukee will be fine. But St. Louis, look, it's a baseball town more than any town in the country. And they love – I mean, they sell out almost every game. doesn't matter how good they are, how bad they are. One thing I didn't like that I saw yesterday at the end of that Reds game, Albert Pujols made the last out after the home run, and he did not look good. And Sam, St. Louis fan is so gracious. They're, they're, you know, they're going to clap for Albert Pujols because of what he brought to that organization 20 years ago until – eight years ago. Then he went to Anaheim, never the same once he left St. Louis. Uh, this is sort of a cup of coffee. This is a grand tour. And the the hard part for Ali Marmol, the manager, is do you pinch hit for Albert? I mean, he's still got the capability to hit the ball out of the park. It was a 7-6 to six game. Nobody was on. He's DHing because he can't play the field anymore. He can't run. A, a ball to the wall is normally for Albert now going to be a single. At what point in this season? Because look, you you got a half game lead in the division. You're fighting to win a division, get to the playoffs. Because if you don't win that division, you don't get to the playoffs, right? The National League East is going to get multiple teams in, and the National League West is going to get multiple teams in. Central's not. It's either going to be St. Louis or Milwaukee. That's it. So if you're the Cardinals, we're in mid-June now. At what point do you pinch hit in that spot for Albert Pujols? At what point do you not put him in the, in the lineup every day as a designated hitter? That's a tough call because he's a legend. He's a first ballot, maybe unanimous Hall of Famer. He's on a you know, rocking chair tour in his last season with the Cardinals. He's going to stadiums, visiting stadiums. He's getting honored everywhere he goes. Everybody knows this is it. It should have been it last year. That's the bottom line. And if you're trying to win games and you're St. Louis, you can't let him hit in the bottom of the ninth down a run. He swung at a curveball that was two feet out of the zone for strike three. He missed one earlier in the game that was a hanging breaking hanging breaking ball that he normally would have hit 400 feet. He popped out to short right field. It's hard to watch. Love Albert Pujols, but it's hard to watch. All right, it's been fun today. Tomorrow, maybe Chris Burke. Waiting to hear back from him to talk College World Series. I'm giving you the Boston Celtics to cover tonight. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.